0: Thank you.
1: to the great detectives of old-time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. Got any comments? Send them to me, box13 at net. Please cast a vote for the show on Podcast Alley, podcast, net, And remember our listener survey, survey.greatdetectives.net. I got this email uh, or comment on Podcast Alley from Leslie in Australia. I've been holding a few days because um, um, cause I can't... uh don't want to answer without having an answer. Um, she writes: Is the app available in Australia? It isn't on iTunes here, and I can't find it anywhere else. Leslie, um, well, Leslie, um, I double checked with um, with Wizard Media, who designs the app, and they advised me it is indeed uh, available in Australia. Uh, you should be able to go into the App Store on your on your iPod or uh iPod Touch or iPhone, search for old time radio were one of the top uh results. Uh if for some reason that doesn't work, email me and I will send you a link uh to go ahead and to download that. Uh and by the way, speaking of the app, I've actually um went um went ahead for yesterday's show, I forgot to mention it on yesterday's show, I uploaded uh an extra bonus episode of um of uh, Dragnet, Uh, and that's the Dragnet episode that aired one night before uh, uh, yesterday's Pat Novak. So that's available as an extra if you have the app. I've been uh, continuing to research uh, information on the career of Bob Bailey, and I came across a um, a 12-year-old online article that uh, gives some more insight. Uh, The big thing is he actually, looks like, uh, started out, in uh, chicago uh and he did some radio shows uh, where there's not really any um known records uh, that were pretty much uh comedies the road of life scattergood banes and that brewster boy um so he did those radio shows prior to coming to hollywood to uh, work in movies a little bit which he did with laurel and hardy um and uh the other thing is uh, that th- when trying to fill in the gaps is he wasn't just an actor. He was a writer. If you've seen the children's show Fury, he wrote several scripts for that. Um, because he he tended to operate under some different pseudonyms, it's really hard to piece together what all he wrote. But writing, acting on the side, I guess that, that really, I guess, was kind of how he made a living there in the uh, 40s and 50s. All right. Um, I'm going to mention I didn't mention this yesterday. I decided instead of mentioning this every day, I'll just go ahead and mention it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This week Tuesday, Thursday, next week. Uh but we are offering um, uh we've opened it up uh without a specific advertising uh contract to give uh um, to basically uh, handle uh, selling of advertising um, and non-commercial sponsorships. Um, Uh, For the great detectives of old-time radio, it's a nice opportunity for you if you have a business. I was kind of thinking, if you've got a Chevron station, Let George Do It would be a perfect show to uh, sponsor. Because we just have to know, uh, say, this was brought to you by uh, Lefty's uh, filling station. Because you already got the Chevron ads in. Um, But I don't know if we have anybody who's got a Chevron station less than All right, well... We're going to get into today's episode. I'll let George do it. It's called The Immigration Racket, and we will listen to it and then we'll come back.
2: Standard of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas Station and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to let
3: George do it. Another adventure of George Valentine. Personal notice. Danger is my stock and trade. If you're in trouble and need confidential help call on me, George Valentine. Write full details.
4: Dear Mr. Valentine, 10 years now I work hard to be good American. Soon I get citizen papers, but maybe I don't get them. Maybe judge will say what I'm doing is wrong, but just the same I cannot keep quiet. Because inside, I am already American citizen. You've got to help me, because, because it, it is, is my whole
5: daughter. life to be American citizen. I live at 8-2 Barrow Street. I am yours, respectfully, Stapont Kurowski.
3: Well, i say that's a little on the pathetic side, Brooksy.
5: Yes, but... What can it be that he doesn't know is right or wrong?
3: Oh, probably nothing at all. Chances are Stefan Karowski is just over worried about getting his citizenship papers.
5: Well, it's pretty clear they mean everything to him.
3: Well, I know anyone who can write a letter like this, and I don't mean the grammar, deserves a few minutes of another citizen's time. <laughs>
5: Oh, well, Mr. Koroski,
4: we got your letter. I do not write so good.
5: Well, you got across what you wanted to say, and that's all that matters.
4: Oh, please sit down. here, lady, sit. sit. Take this soft chair. Oh, thank you. I'm just bachelor, but i make good cup of tea. Almost like married missus. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Don't bother, Mr. Koroski. Um, in the letter you said something was worrying you. Now, what seems to be the trouble? I saw what you put in the newspaper, but maybe I don't have enough money to pay you. Well, then right? it's my tough luck. Come on, let's have it. All right. I tell you best I know. A couple of months ago, a man come to me say, Korovsky, you are an important man in this neighborhood.
5: Oh, I'm sure you are.
4: Yes. I'm the janitor, young lady. A pipe leaks, Korovsky. Husband beats her wife, Korovsky. Anything that goes around in the house, Karofsky. (laughs) Okay, so you're a big man. Just like on the other side, I was mayor in the village. So people trust me. Like this man said. Yeah. He said, my company collects money from many people in this part of town. Every month they will bring the money to you, and we will send somebody to get it from you. And you will get a few dollars, Karofsky.
5: But money for what?
4: The man didn't say. So I thought it was for furniture, radios, things like that. You know, people down here buy most time on stalling plans. Oh, you mean... Yeah. So people start coming with envelopes and the the money inside there. But they also look at me like they want to kill me. Some don't even talk to me in the streets no more. And that made you think something was wrong. That's why you got in touch with me, huh? No, Mr. Valentine. Something happened very bad, very bad. Mrs. Andello, I know her a long time. She said to me... This month I have no money And she begins to cry I say, don't worry, you pay next month
5: Then what happened?
4: Next day I find out Mrs. Antello She go in kitchen and turn on the gas
5: Oh, oh, how dreadful
4: Yeah Well, uh, maybe she had other troubles No, no, this is why she killed herself I know it Maybe I'm helping break the law Well, when this man comes around Why don't you just tell him you don't want to play anymore? They will just get somebody else to do the same thing. As good Americans, I cannot let that happen. But uh, that is where I'm stuck. Oh, I get it, Mr. Karowski. If you go
3: to the police, they'll find out you were mixed up in this. And I don't get my citizen papers.
4: I I try so hard to do everything right, so the judge is proud to make Karowski citizen.
5: But this is some kind of racket, George. Mr. Karowski's on a spot. All right. Oh, it's a racket, sure enough, Brooksy.
3: No collection agency would work this way. Say, when
4: does this man come around the next time? The man only came first time. After that, it was a young lady. She knows nothing either. She, she gives money to somebody else. Oh, sure, I know. And he
3: gives it to somebody else. So nobody knows who's at the
4: top. Okay, but when does this gal come around? She come tomorrow, one o'clock. Only one good thing come from all this.
5: What's that? Yeah?
4: I meet a fine woman. Soon we get married.
5: Well, good for you. Wait a
4: minute, wait a minute. You mean she pays off two each month and won't
3: even tell you what it's all about? No,
4: and that makes me even more worried. When I talk about it, she just look at me, say nothing. Anna, make me promise to never ask her again. All
3: right, let me have her name. I'll talk to her. Maybe she'll open up for me. Uh, yeah, uh,
4: Mrs. Anna Feder, uh, widow lady, uh, just around the corner over Baker shop.
3: All right, just sit tight.
4: Uh, how can I thank? You? Give it.
3: Let's just say I'm trying to be as good a citizen as you, Mister Karaske.
6: tell you nothing. Nothing.
3: Mrs. Fader, what are you afraid of?
6: You get out now. Go. Don't you see what this means to Mr. Kurowski? We have to clear this thing up for his sake. Always the same thing. Stepan, the good citizen. He don't know what kind of trouble he's making. Now get out.
3: But Mrs. Fader, will you listen?
6: You.
5: Golly, what did we get into, George? That woman's scared to
0: death.
3: Yeah, and I wonder how many more there are like her. Well, Brooksy, maybe we'll find out tomorrow when that girl makes her collections at Karofsky's. Uh,
4: that's Miss Cover now. Always right on time. Okay, come on, Brooksy. Behind this curtain. And don't sneeze. Oh,
5: well, why'd you have to say that? Now I know I... Just a minute. I'm
4: coming, please.
7: How are you, Mr. Karabski?
4: Fine, fine, Rayola. You look better today. Not
7: so worried
4: like always.
7: What the use of worrying? Have you got the envelopes?
4: Yeah, they're right here. Good.
7: I'll see you next month. Rayola,
4: uh, wait, please. Yes? Don't you know even a little bit who gets this money and why? You look frightened like others.
7: Worried. Frightened. Why do you keep saying things like that, Mr. Kovsky? Well, I... How many times must I tell you I don't know any more about this than you do? Now, I don't care to know. But we might be
4: doing something wrong.
7: Is it wrong to make a little money when you need it? You know, I can't work much. Certainly delivering some envelopes, they can't hurt nobody. Well, I am sorry. So am I. Mr. kid it would be better for all of us if you don't ask questions. Much better Goodbye. Goodbye, Vio.
4: Well, that certainly didn't tell us very much.
5: She's not as though she's in the same boat as Mrs. Tate. Yes. You
4: see what I mean, Mr. Valentine? Yeah, come on, Brooksy. Let's make sure we don't lose her.
0: She's headed
3: right for the Von apartments.
5: Hmm, Pretty swank, huh?
3: Pretty strange,
0: too. Hey, wait a minute. She's going into the
5: servant's entrance.
3: And so are you. Find out where she's going, Brooksy. But how? Don't make believe you're a maid, hairdresser, or anything. Get
4: going.
5: Just a minute. Going up.
4: I'll wait for you any day, sister.
7: I'll even bring my own lunch if I have to.
5: Oh, you're cute. Oh, hello. You work for someone in this building, too? Sometimes. This is my first day on a new job, and I'm just a bundle. You're so right. I meant a bundle of nerves. Well, as I was saying, the first day you're always nervous. That's just natural, isn't it? I suppose so. But it wears off the second day, and that's natural, too, because Uh, you Now,
4: what floor when you get a minute?
5: Well, because being a personal maid, you get to know your people personal-like, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Look, beautiful. (laughs) We're
4: almost at a penthouse where this lady wants to go.
5: Well, imagine that. What could I have been doing passing my floor like that? Gabin. You're
7: cute.
5: George, Viola might be doing housework in the Armstrong penthouse and won't be down for hours yet.
3: Yeah, well, I don't intend to wait for hours. Besides, it won't hurt to find out just who Maurice Armstrong is.
5: And who are you going to be? Well,
3: I'll think of something on the way up
5: I represent Mrs.
3: Swenson's employment agency, and I'd like to speak to Mr. Armstrong about one of our clients.
7: Why, Mr. Armstrong's secretary? Is it important? He's busy at the oh, moment. Oh, yes,
3: yes, indeed. It's very important. It concerns Viola Cober and some fees, which are very much past due.
7: Miss Cobra? Yes. What's this about Viola? Who
3: is this man, Miss Wilson?
7: He's from an employment agency, Mr. Armstrong. It seems Viola. Owes oh, us
3: some money. And if I could talk to the young lady, I'm sure I could make her understand Mrs. Swenson doesn't run her business as a hobby.
2: I see. Well, you understand, I only have Miss Culver in now and then to do my special laundry. Oh, yes.
3: You know, things I don't dare trust to the commercial establishment. Oh, of course. Uh, now, if I could see her for just a moment. Miss please. Wilson, will you ask Viola to come in?
7: She left some time ago, Mr. Armstrong. Oh, but that's
3: impossible. I was waiting outside the service entrance.
7: Oh, well, she wasn't feeling very well, so I had the houseman take her down in Mr. Armstrong's private elevator. Oh,
3: come now. How much does she owe you, sir? Nineteen dollars and eighty cents. But you understand, it isn't just the money. It's the principle of the thing. And if I could have her address... Yeah,
2: yeah. Take this and forget about
3: it. Oh, you're very kind. But I still have to make my report out for the Employment Agency's Credit Association. And it won't hurt the poor girl. No, no. It's just routine, you see. So if I can have that address... Very well, Miss Wilson.
7: No, I believe I have it somewhere on my desk, here. Oh, yes, here it is, Uh, 342 Morrow Street. Oh, thank
3: you, thank you very much, 342 Morrow Street. (laughs) Sorry to inconvenience you folks, but you'd be surprised, the things I have to do on
1: my job. A couple Christmases ago, I got the gift of a Roku, which allowed me to watch movies from my Netflix account right on my television. It was great, but over time, Christmas gadgets tend to become less spectacular as new technology emerges. And I thought that would be the case with the Roku. I'm happy to report the Roku is a better value than when I first got it. My Roku is not only attached to my Netflix account, but I've also used it to watch movies I bought off of Amazon and enjoy video and audio podcasts with their MediaFly channel. Uh, It can connect with your Facebook photos as well as to your accounts with such sites as MLB.com, Flickr, and Pandora.com. The Roku brings the best of the web to your TV and is available starting at around $80. For more information, visit roku.greatdetectives.net or click the Roku link at our website.
3: Hey, this is strange, Brooksy.
5: You mean Viola's not being home?
3: Yeah. If you were that sick, where would you head for?
5: Home? If I could make it. Yeah,
3: just what I mean, Angel. But it's no use hanging around. We'll get back here later.
5: Oh, where are we bound for? Another blind alley?
3: (laughs) Oh, you're a pessimist, sweetheart, blind alley. We made a lot of progress today. Mm. We found out that one Maurice Armstrong is a big tub of lard who buys and sells rare books and has his dainties laundered by hand.
5: Oh, I know how you feel, darling.
3: We're going to talk to Mr. Kurowski some more. I mean, let him do the talking. He might say something which seems unimportant to him, but maybe just what we need to see some light in this case. Mm.
5: door's unlocked. Yeah, wait,
3: Angel. I'll put the light on.
5: (gasps) George!
3: They couldn't have done a better job if they used a bulldozer. Mr.
5: Karowski! Mr. Karowski! Don't
3: be naive, Brooksy. They didn't make rubble out of this place just for the exercise. No, they gave Karowski this little party and took that guest of honor with them. George!
5: Huh? Oh, come here, look.
3: Yeah, blood. Oh, they couldn't wait, could they? They started working him over right here.
5: Oh, but he's such a little man.
3: We're up against a racket that thrives on little people, Brooksy. But what kind of a racket? What do they do to scare people dumb? Well, we'll keep running up those blind alleys till we find out.
2: We'll return to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. Meanwhile, a word about preparing for your vacation. A friend of mine found he was robbed on his vacation by a handful of weak spark plugs in a dirty air cleaner. He discovered that dirty, cracked, or chipped plugs can't fire properly, that they can waste up to one gallon of gasoline in ten. He learned, too, that a dust clogged air cleaner can waste as much gasoline as driving with your choke out. Before you start on your vacation, prevent gasoline robbery by doing this. Have your spark plugs inspected at an independent Chevron gas station or a standard station. If your present spark plugs have given you 10,000 miles of service, you may be money ahead by getting a new set of Atlas Champions. Atlas Champion spark plugs are precision-made for accurate timing, full-flash sparking, and trouble-free service. And don't forget to have that air cleaner serviced. It's a quick, inexpensive job. Get these two services at a standard station or independent Chevron gas station where they say and mean, we'll take better care of your car. Now back to tonight's adventure of George Valentine. You meet a little man with one dream, to become an American citizen. You hear a fantastic story about it being innocently involved in what looks like a vicious racket. And you find your client has been beaten and kidnapped. So you start swinging in all directions, like sending Claire down to headquarters to Lieutenant Riley. And you end up talking to that strange girl, Viola Cobert.
3: You took a long time to get home after you left Mr. Armstrong's.
7: It was my day to work for him. Why, I should tell you anything.
3: Well, Viola, let's call it a rehearsal before you talk to the police. Oh. Okay. You know the information
7: I want. There's nothing to tell. Once a month, I get that money from Mr. Kravsky. I hand it to a man who's always waiting at the entrance to Hanover Park.
3: Now we're getting somewhere. What man?
7: He's a different man every time.
3: Oh no, that's pretty slick. They know what you look like, but you don't know them, huh?
7: I'm not doing anything wrong. I need whatever money I can make. You see, I'm not well. I can't keep this steady job. Yeah,
3: I take it you met this uh, this uh, Mister Rex on the way home from the Vendome. Yes. By all I think you're holding on to me.
7: I don't tell you anymore. I don't tell anybody. I have reasons. What's that supposed to mean? Whatever you wanted to. They're not going to do to me what they did to Mr. Kowalski. Now, please leave me alone, please. Okay, well, okay.
3: But here's my card, just in case you need a sympathetic ear.
7: Please, I I just need to be left alone.
3: I'll be hearing from you. I'm sure of it. After I find somebody who will talk. Well, how's it going, Bennett?
2: Besides pictures of the old man's place, Lieutenant, nothing. Ah. Uh, well, see what you can
3: find on the stairs going up to the street.
5: Oh, I don't know what's keeping George, Lieutenant Riley. He said he. Come on, Mrs. No,
6: Frater. No, I don't
5: want to see it. No, no. Are
3: you afraid it might make you talk, Mrs. Frater? Valentine, what's Lieutenant, the depth? Lieutenant? Go on, go on. Take a good look, Mrs. Frater.
6: Oh. Yeah,
3: yeah.
6: And everything was always so nice. So nice. Oh, stay calm. Stay calm. And over
3: here, Mrs. Frater. Here's something that's not so nice.
6: Oh, no. Yeah, that's right.
3: Stepan's blood.
6: Where is he? What are they doing to him? If you
3: want to find out and if you love him, you'll loosen up. Now, who are you paying that money to every month, Mrs. Fader?
6: All right. All right. I'll tell everything. Good.
3: Forgive the dramatic entrance, Lieutenant. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Go on, Mrs. Fader. Hey,
6: you better
5: sit down over here, Mrs.
6: Fader. Heaven on earth. That's the American expression, isn't it? yeah. To a foreigner like me, it's more than that. It's a real heaven on earth, this country. You can't blame me if I would do anything to stay here. What are you trying to say, Mrs. Fader? I, uh, I'm not a citizen.
3: Well, neither is Mr. Karofsky yet.
6: But I can never be one. I pay to get across the border. Oh. I have no right to be here.
2: Oh. Well, that's pretty
3: serious, Mrs. Fader.
6: I know. And they know it. That's why they make me and the others pay. All my life I would have to pay, or they would tell on me. Uh
3: huh. Well, there's our racket, Lieutenant. Oh, it's hard to believe. Yeah, this is getting to be bigger than S. Valentine. It calls for a trip to the Federal Building. Yeah.
6: Please, please, you must find Stepan. I don't matter about me, now. We'll do
3: everything we can, madam. Well, you can carry the ball from here, Lieutenant. But I've still got a client named Stepan Karofsky. But, I'm going to stay right here in this office all night till I think of something. So go on home, get some rest.
5: I can't hear a word you're saying.
3: (laughs) Thanks, honey.
5: Oh, darling, you mustn't blame yourself.
3: Oh, just I keep thinking of that little guy. Mike gets away. Karofsky. Anything goes wrong? Karofsky. Oh, Brooksie, why don't I draw anything but blanks? Well, good evening. I see you've changed your mind.
7: Yes, Mr. Valentine.
3: Miss Cobra, this is Miss Brooks, my assistant.
7: Hello. Don't make any difference now. I read the papers while those people paying all that money. Oh, come now,
3: Viola. You knew that all the time, didn't
7: you? Yes, but I couldn't say nothing because I was... Just like all the others. Okay, okay. Now we both know. So what? The immigration people, they get me soon enough now. May as well tell you everything. Perhaps you can still find Mr. Kowalski before... What's uh,
3: the... everything supposed to mean?
7: I know who is man at the top. George. Go on, go on. I lied about meeting those different men in the park. I always brought the money directly to Maurice Armstrong. Why, that fat pig. But it's bigger than you think, Mr. Valentine. He takes all he can get to smuggle people in the country and then blackmails them for the rest of their lives. Anybody's guess in how many other big cities he does the same thing. Uh-huh.
5: Shall I call Lieutenant Riley, George? No, no,
3: Brooksy. We'll pick him up on the way to the Vondome. It's his party, but I want the pleasure of making Armstrong tell me what he's done with Karowski.
7: Mr. Valentine, I, I'm afraid of what they do to me. You'll be if...
3: okay, Viola. We'll drop you off at your place first. Lock yourself in and stay put. you hear from for me. Now, come on, let's get going. <laughs> That's the nice thing about police headquarters. You can always find a place to park.
5: Mm. Oh, I feel so sorry for Viola, George. Mm. She looks so cowed, beaten. Always looking down, away from you.
3: Well, she's been under a lot of pressure, Angel.
5: She doesn't even care how she looks. Beautiful blonde hair is beginning to look like a wig. Isn't there anything that can be done for her?
3: (laughs) Besides sending her to a beauty parlor? I don't know, Brooksy. It's not our job. Hey, put me through to Lieutenant Riley's office, will you, Hennessy? Sure
2: thing, Valentine. Take it on that phone over there.
3: Okay, thanks. This is George Valentine. Let me speak to the lieutenant. Out where? Say that again. Uh huh. Found dead, huh? Okay, thanks.
5: What is it, George?
3: Another blind alley, Brooksy. Only this time there's a body at the end of it. Valentine, there he is, sprawled over his desk, the gun still in his hand. No doubt about it, Armstrong killed himself. Yeah. After what you told me, my guess is he thought we were closing in on him.
5: Well, there goes our last chance to find out what happened to Mr. Kuroski.
3: I've uh, I've got the boys going through this penthouse with a fine-tooth comb, but no records at all on this alien racket. Oh, they'll find something, because Viola put a finger right on him.
5: Who? reported the suicide, Lieutenant.
3: Well, the houseman came in to say goodnight and found him like this. I remember the name from what you told me yesterday, so I beat it right over.
5: I just heard about Mr. Armstrong...
3: Oh. Who are you? Uh,
7: Louise Wilson, uh, Mr. Armstrong's secretary. I mean, I was. The girl on the switchboard called my apartment and told me what happened.
3: Oh, I see. Well, uh, Miss Wilson, just what were your duties as Mr. Armstrong's secretary? Did you notice anything strange about his activities?
7: No, he was a very well-known rare book dealer. Kept records of his transactions, catalogued the volumes, went to dealers with him.
3: Mm
7: -hmm. I I did notice he was very nervous and irritable the last few days.
3: Oh? How do you mean?
7: I don't know. He acted as though he were afraid of something.
3: Uh, Was there anything, Miss Wilson, to make you suspect that he might have been interested in something else besides old books?
7: Well, to tell you the truth, Mr. Valentine, I've sometimes wondered about... Some of the people who came to see him, I mean. Huh? Oh uh,
0: yeah.
7: They, but they were practically all foreign-born. Of course, so many book dealers are.
3: Well, okay. Now we'd better get a hold of that girl Viola so she can identify Armstrong before we take him down to the morgue. Oh, I'll pick her up, Lieutenant.
7: Oh, I, I just thought of something else.
3: Well, let's have it, Miss Wilson.
7: About a week ago, Mr. Armstrong gave me a package to keep in my place. He told me if anything ever happened to him, to mail it to a certain address he gave me. Well, for the love of heaven,
3: why didn't you think of that before?
7: I could have it here in half an hour. All right, all right.
3: Get going, please.
5: Yes, Lieutenant. Well, what's the matter, George? Why don't we get going for Viola? Mm.
3: Oh, (laughs) there's no hurry, Brooksy.
5: What do you mean, there's
3: no hurry? We want to get through here tonight. Well, that's been the trouble with me up to now, Lieutenant. I've been trying to cover too much ground too fast. But now, now I'm beginning to get a nice, clear picture of this whole deal. If you don't stop talking in riddles, I'll... In a little while, Lieutenant. And so, Miss Cobra, you absolutely identify this man as the one you delivered the money to.
0: Yes,
7: sir. Mr. Armstrong.
3: Ah, mm -hmm. Well, that settles that. Now, uh, now you can run along. Oh, uh, just a minute, Viola. Yes, Mr.
7: Valentine?
3: Uh, remember the first time I met you in your room? You said you didn't want them to do to you what they did to Mr. Kurowski. Oh, Yes. How did you know that anything had happened to Mr. Korowski?
7: Well, Miss Brooks uh, and I were the
3: only ones who knew that.
7: Well, you have... Must have misunderstood what I say. Well, maybe
3: I did at that. Valentine? Lieutenant, well, I wonder why Miss Wilson isn't back yet. She's been gone more than an hour. Would you have any ideas on that, Viola?
7: Of course not. Why should I?
3: Isn't it a safe bet to say that Miss Wilson could never get back here until you've gone?
5: George, you're trying the lieutenant's patience and mine too. There's another
3: question you might be able to help me with, Viola.
5: I... I don't understand.
3: Miss Wilson only knew me as the man from Mrs. Swenson's employment agency. Now, why wasn't she surprised when she saw me here tonight? And why did she call me Mr. Valentine?
7: Lieutenant, what does he say? I don't
3: know. Remember, Brooksy, you remarked about Viola's hair? Hmm? What a pity it was that such a beautiful blonde locks were beginning to look like a wig. Well, that's what it is. What the devil?
5: She's a brunette. And if
3: you took a handkerchief (sighs) and rubbed some of this theatrical makeup off like
5: this...
0: George, take your hands off... Underneath,
3: you'll find Miss Wilson. You're right. Oh, yes. And not Mr. Armstrong's secretary, boss. Well... Valentine, this tops them all. And she's all yours, Riley, after she tells me where she's got Karowsky. Now, oh, this is it, Brooksy. Oh, uh, nurse, uh, may we see Mr. Karowski now?
6: In a few minutes. If you will just sit here, I'll call
3: Okay, thanks.
5: Oh, still hard to believe. Hmm. What's that, Angel? The whole elaborate plan. Viola, I mean Miss Wilson, killing Armstrong and making it look like suicide.
3: Well, think of what she had at stake. A nationwide racket smuggling in aliens, then bleeding them for the rest of their lives. And the silence of the victims almost guaranteed, until Kurowski's conscience began to bother him.
5: <laughs> she fooled me completely. So then
3: she got rid of Armstrong, who oh, was just a figurehead. Everybody think the trail ended there. And with all the records nice and safe, she could go right on under any other name.
6: Mm -hmm. You can go in and see Mr. Kurovsky now.
3: Okay, thanks. Let's go, Brooks.
5: How do you feel, Mr. Kurovsky?
4: Oh, outside, not so good, Miss Brooks, but inside, beautiful. Thank you, Mr. Valentine. (laughs) Oh,
3: thank me. Coming from a guy who took the beating you took? That's a laugh.
5: We spoke to Lieutenant Riley, and you don't have a thing to worry about, Mr. Kurowski. You've practically got your citizenship papers now.
3: Well, I, I am very happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's another thing. Yes. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things a new American citizen can do. Uh, for instance, if it's all right with the judge, the moment he gets his papers, he can be married. Huh? And uh, if the lady isn't a citizen, she becomes one, too. That is, uh, after she spends a little time saying... Uh, Canada, Mexico? You mean
5: Anna and me? Let me be the first to congratulate you, Mr. Korowski. Oh,
4: my, my, this is a wonderful country. Mm-hmm.
2: Did you know that your car's worst wear can begin after you turn the ignition off? Experts say hidden rust inside cold cylinders causes as much as 80% of motor wear. Here's the way to beat that number one enemy hidden in your car's engine. Just make sure you use compounded RPM motor oil. The compounds in this premium quality oil act to prevent rusting of your engine parts. Where ordinary oils run off finely polished parts, RPM clings to the job, fights off rust when your car is standing cold and when it's running hot, too. No wonder RPM is the choice of Western motorists two to one over any other motor oil. Get this rust fighter tomorrow. Ask for RPM motor oil at any standard station or independent Chevron gas station where they say and mean we'll take better care of your car. Next week, when you tune our way for another adventure of George
3: Valentine, you'll hear... Now, look, Thorpe, I don't like to return such a very pretty check, but I'm here to call it quits. You... Oh, now, listen, you're not that busy. You can at least turn around when I...
5: What's the matter with him, George?
3: Just a minute, Brooks. Hey, you'd better go on outside. If he could turn around, it would be the neatest trick of the week. He's got a letter opener stuck in his chest. <laughs>
2: Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard stations throughout the West. Let George Do It stars Robert Bailey as George with Francis Robinson as Claire. Wally Mayer appears as Lieutenant Riley. Tonight's story was written by David Victor and Herbert Little Jr. and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Betty Lou Gerson as Viola, Louis Van Ruten as Karaowski, Diana Delos as Mrs. Fader, Alan Reed as Armstrong, and Harry Bartell as The Elevator Boy. The music is composed and conducted by Eddie Dunstetter, Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System.
1: Welcome back. Well, this was, a, I think, a very, um, uh, this was a very appropriate episode. This was the let George do it right, uh airing right before the 4th of July. Um, and uh they actually according to Digital Belly, this script what they actually re-performed this script um in um, uh, uh on July 4th of 49. So th- they um uh so they redid this as a special. And... Uh, so a very interesting uh, patriotic episode. Uh, I think that uh, I, I think that the show also showed some uh, remarkable, uh, remarkable restraint. You know, it basically identified, oh, there is this type of problem going on, but it didn't say, hey, we radio actors have got the solution to everything. Because um, I think some people get rubbed the wrong way. So it was kind of interesting the approach they took to that. Andrew via writes in, I enjoy these more and more. It took several episodes of Let George Do It to win me over, but now I look forward to it, too. Thank you, Adam, for your effort. Your enthusiasm is infectious. Cord... Uh, I, I think I mispronounced infectious there. Okay, Cordially, Andrew via in Richmond, uh, Virginia. Thanks, Andrew. And, yeah, I, I have to say, um, uh first few episodes were kind of rough, but uh, uh definitely... Uh definitely, it, it's one of those series really grows on you. And we've got, wow, um, more than 170 more to go. So, all right, well, we're going to wrap this up. We'll be back next week with another episode of Let George Do It. Tomorrow, Sherlock Holmes from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.